I don't exactly mean to slaughter any sacred cows with this episode, but I want to talk a little bit about something that I think has become a bit of its own sacred cow in nursing, which is that experience and years of practice is somehow equivalent to knowing some truth about what works in nursing. The reason this is coming up, and I'll make the connection as to how it's relevant to theory and methodology momentarily, is as a relatively new nurse, um, comparatively, I have heard a number of times people make comments about novice nurses. And I mean, typically, it's like this person's been out of school six months, what do they know? But it extends into years two and three and four and five. And of course, you've got some nurses who've been doing it, so to speak, for 20 years, who sometimes feel that they can talk this way about you know, oh, those those five to ten year nurses, the the things they don't know. Let me just say, there are clearly people who graduate and enter the profession who, and I've talked about this recently, don't understand the work. They don't understand the scope of their license. They sometimes extend beyond the appropriateness of the scope of their license, frankly. And sometimes don't actually understand how far the boundaries are for their true scope of practice within the domains of nursing that are relevant to the practice. And there are novice nurses who are so oblivious to the fact that they don't know what they don't know that they are perhaps overcompensating in some way or act as though they have more competence or street cred, as it were, than they deserve. And we all know those people. Now, I don't know if that is the majority of people. It might be that there's a selection bias of those people in certain sub-disciplines of nursing. And it might be that in some other sub-disciplines of nursing... Still, there are a small subset of nursing tasks that are easily, perhaps a little bit easier to develop the sort of expertise within a year or two that would allow you to have such confidence. I'm not really sure. I you know, have only a limited exposure to certain elements of nursing practice. But what I have noticed is that there are frequently more experienced nurses who believe that by virtue of their years of practice, they have a window into truth that other people do not. And now, I also want to be clear that there is something to be said for having seen it all. You know, it all being relative, of course, but having seen more it, observed more in the field, experienced more 
different types of patient interactions, different types of interactions with other providers like physicians, different team environments. There is something to be said for being exposed to different clinical contexts that gives you an insight into things that you didn't know that you didn't know when you first started. And so then what you do is you look back on these new, fresh nurses who just started their career. And what you do is you reflect back and you think, well, when I started, I did not know these things until I experienced them. That's fair. Therefore, these kids don't know anything yet. (laughs) And I'm not trying to make this wide sweeping generalization that older, more experienced nurses think universally that new nurses don't know anything. That's not my intention. But actually, what I have noticed is that there seems to be an over-reliance on the idea that your years of experience somehow make your knowledge more true by virtue of the time that has passed and your exposure to different clinical contexts. But in, a, in the same way that I think that nursing as a discipline has things to learn not only from its own challenges in the past, but also from the mistakes of other disciplines and should pay attention to them, I think that individual nurses who hold this belief that new nurses are, by virtue of their newness, unable to make any claims about the discipline after a year of practice, let's say, or two years or three years. I think that that's a mistake. And it assumes that true knowledge is equivalent to time and experience. You could have experienced something in your clinical career thus far over 10 years or 15 years or 20 years that may have worked out for you And so you believe that it's true, but it may not actually have been true. And I'll explain examples of what I mean here. In the past, physicians would do sort of their medical school curricula. Most of them still do this this way, but they would do their medical school curricula over four years where the first two years was pure didactics with no exposure whatsoever to clinical practice. That's changed with longitudinal clinical exposure experiences as medical students. But those first two years were just to prep you for step one, basically, of the USMLE. And then the latter two years of medical school were designed to kind of expose you to different specialties and yada yada. There are, of course, elements of that that are still true, largely. But What I want to point out is that when people got to the sort of clinical phases of their medical training, you would take these hands-on physical assessment courses, or maybe they'd be embedded in some of your clinical coursework. And what you would be told is, look out for specific findings on physical exam. And some of those findings were for decades believed to be true by virtue of clinical experience. One of those things, a famous example that has been debunked and proven to be untrue, is the idea that you can look at a thin person's belly lying supine and watch their abdomen 
pulsate at a certain spot below their solar plexus, and that that's indicative of an abdominal aortic aneurysm. Now, it turns out that that has been studied, and that is actually not true. Now, it's not, I'm not suggesting that there are not cases in which somebody has a AAA, and they also have this bounding abdominal pulse you can see visually on inspection, and that this was not an ominous sign that they were somehow a candidate for a rupture, yada yada. But what I'm saying is that it's not a reliable physical indicator of a AAA. It is not a specific physical exam finding, and that has been since debunked. And if you speak with, I was lucky enough during nursing school to do a vascular surgery rotation, which was very interesting for my nursing assessment skills, uh, because I don't think that a lot of nurses get exposure to thorough vascular exams, which was actually quite interesting. But sort of setting that aside, I think that if you speak with vascular surgeons, they will sort of tell you that this is kind of an an interesting example of something that was always held to be true, you know, if they're an older surgeon, throughout their training, that has since been proven to be a defunct idea. And there are a host of these different examples. Another one, a very good one, and this is one of my favorites, is, and I, I don't mean to pick on any particular professional, so rather than give another example from medicine, which I want to be respectful of my medical colleagues too, I think it, it's just easy with medicine because there's so much research in medicine that it's easy to pick from. A host of examples. But another example is in the physical therapy literature. One of the things that I particularly love about physical therapy as a discipline is its hands-on physical exam. Now, being a nurse who's always been predisposed to an interest in clinical neuroscience, I've always sort of relished the idea of the full head-to-toe physical exam, including a full neurologic exam. And the orthopedic and neurologic examinations that a physical therapist can do if they're doing a full head-to-toe exam is profound. But one of the things that physical therapy schools has been teaching their students for decades, which has only been demonstrated to be false over the last 15 years or so, 10 to 15 years, rather, is that you can palpate specific parts of the spine and know, well, in one sense, know where the pain is originating from. It's like a whole other problem, actually, with nonspecific chronic back pain. But to be able to know where you're palpating, exactly. Lots of people are taught clinical anatomy, and then they believe that they can palpate specific anatomic landmarks. And in physical therapy school, your training with this is very thorough. In some ways, It is as thorough as medical school, and sometimes more so when it comes to orthopedic assessments, if not more so for sure. Physical therapy graduate students often also have to do gross anatomy dissections, either by themselves 
in a kind of neuromusculoskeletal sort of fashion, or even along with their medical school colleagues if they are at a combined uh, MD-PT type of program. Not suggesting that there are MD-PT programs per se, but that some schools of medicine also house their departments of physical therapy, and they tend to take gross anatomy together uh, just by virtue of it being an economically viable way to train these professionals. All of that preamble is just to say that a number of years ago, there were some research studies conducted where investigators wanted to know how reliable are these physical assessments where you are dictating what anatomic landmarks you are assessing. And it turns out that there was very little relationship between these expert physical therapists' ability to tell where they were with respect to a particular anatomic landmark. And this had to do with rib to spine locations or specific facets or various aspects of, let's say, the lumbar spine. Their precision with regard to these anatomic landmarks was poor. And, of course, we are taught, when I say we, I mean, you know, professionals in these disciplines are taught that you can use these physical assessment skills and that they're reliable enough to tell you a particular thing about a patient and that patient's trajectory, possibly, or at least their possible pathology. We're taught that there are pathognomonic ways of being able to tell if somebody is in a particular state with respect to their pain condition and where that emanates from. Or there's a host of different examples like this. And a lot of the time, another example, this is not necessarily specific to medicine per se, but it is specific to fields like medicine, nursing, respiratory therapy that use a stethoscope. Um, the ability of most professionals to hear heart sounds correctly, to properly identify whether what you're hearing is a regurgitation or if it's the... There are now studies that show that there is little reliability between professionals who believe that they can auscultate these things properly and their ability to actually do this when you verify it against something that is more sensitive for this, such as ultrasound. This is interesting because one of the things that, and, uh, you know, we still have to discuss the horrid nature of the evidence-based hierarchy at some point, this stupid pyramid that's been floating around in the textbooks for the last 25 years, but because I despise it, I think it's horrible. But there's a reason that one of the things that is listed at the base of the pyramid is expert review, expert clinical opinion. Because clinical opinion, in a sense, has historically shown to be an unreliable indicator of truth. And why am I saying this? If we think back to the way that this conversation started, the point that I was trying to bring up is that nursing has a history of 
experienced nurses with more than a decade's worth of experience in their particular subdiscipline of the field, who've had exposure to a vast array of clinical contexts and situations and different types of complexities that believe that they have some insight into what's actually true. And there is something to be said about the fact that if you have not been exposed to something yet, you don't know what you don't know. And somebody else who has been exposed to that thing, there is something about their experience which has taught them something valuable that you don't know. And I think that that's very important to recognize. And it is also the case that folks like Patricia Benner and her colleagues have shown that nursing knowledge is t- you know, tends to be passed down through a kind of oral tradition. And I think that's also valuable. Putting aside for a moment the fact that expertise experts in psychological science have sort of disproven a lot of Benner's ideas about how knowledge is transferred across clinical experts, that stuff notwithstanding, Benner's fundamental ideas, I think, are still relevant and valuable. Which is to say, there are windows of insight that an experienced nurse can offer novice nurses in terms of what they might expect to experience as they move along in their career. But what this often ends up translating to is the experienced nurse having a sense of heightened moral superiority over the novice nurse and thinking that she is somehow that she somehow has access to a higher form of truth about practice because of that experience. Now, if you want to make the claim that you've experienced more clinically, and as a function of that experience, you at least have some insight that the new person doesn't have, that's one thing, and that's totally reasonable. But insight and experience, on the one hand, are not equivalent to truth. And the reason that this is important is because in the same way that physicians who are not cardiologists, who, are, who think that they can hear heart sounds appropriately and document it as such, and then find out later that upon ultrasound or some other more sensitive measure, they're completely wrong, or the physical therapist with 12 years of experience palpating spines and believing that they're accurately identifying facet joints that are serving as some anatomical landmark, it turns out that they're actually quite wrong and they're off by maybe two vertebral bodies, let's say, as one example. There are a plethora of these examples where the clinical experience that you have doesn't necessarily translate to you having a higher access to truth. There needs to be a sense of Well, for those novice nurses listening, you need to have a sense of appreciation for the expertise of the experienced nurse, at the very least in terms of the sheer amount of of clinical experiences that they've been exposed to that you have not. There is something about those that this person or these individuals in your life have to share with you that you should heed, because we do learn things this way from our colleagues. 
And sometimes there are things that they will teach us about the clinical career, the clinical context, with respect to how you might handle a patient interaction that is incredibly insightful and valuable. You might be able to take away that there are three or four different ways of trying to accomplish a particular task and, or, you know, as uh, comparable to medical physical examinations, there are nursing head-to-toe assessments where an experienced nurse might be able to show you a more sophisticated and perhaps efficient way to assess something that you were doing before in a more labored and perhaps less, well, I guess perhaps less efficient, in this case, manner. And there are innumerable other examples like this that you could learn from them, maybe an infinite number of different examples of things you could learn from your experienced colleagues. But the moment this shifts from, this is the way that I've done it that's worked for me, which is one thing, to this is what actually works and this is what we're doing, that is where I have an issue. And the reason is because there's such a limited amount of high-quality research in clinical nursing practice that relates to actual day-to-day patient activities and patient care from a nursing perspective that can actually inform on what's true for us, that nobody really has access to that information. And those that think that they do, that will say, well, in my clinical experience, this is true, you need to be careful because in other fields, we have found this to be untrue. It is often the case that we think something is true and then we go to study it and we find out that our stupid intervention didn't work to begin with. There are moments in our clinical career where experienced nurses will look down on novice nurses for not having their experience, which is silly, and then look down their nose because they think they know something that is true about the practice of nursing. Well, there might be a discussion about what constitutes truth And perhaps if you're a real kind of American pragmatist, you might say in a very Jamesian way that truth is what works. And if this has worked for you, then it's true for you. That could be fine until you study it and find out that it's actually not supported by the evidence. All of this is just to say there is an undue confidence in the clinical domain, about what people think that they know to be true about the practice of nursing. And there's not enough evidence or research on the vast majority of our practices. I was in a conversation today in a class with uh, one of my student colleagues who I have immense respect for. And she said something about how, you know, people tried, I think an economist at one point had tried to classify or rank order the importance of nursing tasks into like basic, intermediate, and advanced nursing competencies for some reason. You know, I might be butchering this story to some degree, but the point is they tried to rank order this in a kind of 
basic, intermediate, advanced level of practice type of thing. And they would cluster like activities of daily living into like a basic category of nursing care, right? But my friend, brilliant individual she is, made the comment rightly that what people don't realize who don't practice nursing is that when you are bathing somebody or feeding them, you're assessing them simultaneously. You are assessing their ability to swallow. You're assessing their ability to coordinate movements. When you're helping them out of a chair, you're helping them out of a chair, but you're also assessing their strength in their grip. Are they able to actually hold your hand to get up? Do they have weakness in one side while they're holding both hands? Are they, when they move from the chair to the bed, how is their gait? If you're a neurologist and you do an assessment of somebody head to toe, you do a thorough head to toe assessment and you do it once and you ask somebody to walk and you see them walk once. But if you're a nurse, if you're a good nurse and you do a thorough assessment, assuming you are in an environment where you are capable of being able to do a thorough assessment and you're watching somebody walk, you're, you might be watching them go to the, from the bed to the bathroom or from the bed to the chair and back all day, all the time. So this individual who doesn't understand nursing might classify that as a basic nursing task, but what they don't realize is that there are advanced nursing assessment competencies that are occurring simultaneously. This is one reason why you can't replace nurses with techs, because they don't necessarily have the assessment-based training that a nurse has, and it's that expert nursing eye, so to speak, in those clinical moments that makes us much more valuable in those sort of seemingly basic moments. And those are just a couple of nominal examples of this, and there are better examples, I'm sure. As much as that exemplifies how people don't necessarily understand that even in the basic competencies, there are advanced moments that emerge as a function of that type of relationship you have with the patient. What I also would like to add to that is those are the things that make it even harder to be able to study effectively nursing practices. But there are sophisticated and creative ways to study nursing practices and to incorporate at least elements or components of these things and and at least develop a kind of insight into them. It might not provide us with the entire answer, but there is something about the fact that there's such little research about clinical nursing that Experienced nurses cannot really look down their nose at new nurses as though they just don't know anything. And they do, oftentimes. At least we all know the ones that do, I guess I should say. Because there are, of course, many, and I know many. I'm thankful and grateful to know a number of experienced nurses with 15-plus years of experience who don't look down their nose at new nurses, who actually have a kind of optimism about new nurses. And I think that optimism sort of helps to keep them at the bedside, I think, in part. But there are also these jaded, pessimistic, older, more experienced nurses who do look down their noses at new nurses, and that's a problem. It's a problem because we need you to be able to help make the new nurses better, 
But you have to be careful looking down your nose at new nurses and telling them that they don't know the things you know and what you know is true because what you know is valuable, but elements of what you think you know could be very untrue. We in nursing will do 15 different tasks 30 different ways. And we all know that there are experienced nurses who disagree with each other about the best ways to do things. And they all believe that they're equally as true for them as the other person believes their style is true for them. But if they're not studied and we don't know which one is true, then the new nurse doesn't know how to act appropriately. And when you look down your nose at them, by virtue of the fact that they're new, it does not help them grow. And if we were to study that thing, it makes me wonder if you would actually change your practice. Like, is it even possible to have an evidence-based nursing practice if our over-reliance on personal experience provides a kind of vendetta against anything that challenges that experience? And the other aspect that I want to bring up here is that if you are a novice nurse, here's how this, you know, I can only speak for myself. Here's how this has played out for me. I know that there are unknown unknowns. I have no delusions that in my very limited time as a nurse, that I have been exposed to the gamut of things I'm likely to see on average throughout a nursing career in my domain of expertise. That doesn't surprise me at all. And I think part of that comes with maturity. There's a reason some people look at new nurses like they don't know this, and it's because most of them are 22 and just graduated college. That's not true for me. I had a whole career before this, and it helps me that I was a researcher prior to doing this because it helped me to understand that there are questions that I have not even been exposed to to be able to ask if I have some kind of an answer to them yet. Your trained as a researcher to understand that there are things that you can't know yet and to at least be open-minded to those things. But it's not just a function of being a researcher. It's a function of being a mature adult. The more mature you are, the more open you are to the fact that you need time to learn new things. We're not all 22-year-old fresh college graduates in nursing anymore. And What I have noticed is that when these experienced nurses have looked down their nose at me, I have experienced older nurses saying, well, you've only been doing this for maybe at the time it was six months or whatever the case was. You know, you need to be careful because you don't know what you don't know. Yes, I totally agree. I think that's that's right on point. We need to be aware and open-minded to the fact that we don't know what we don't know. But A, you can't assume that a new nurse doesn't have that maturity and understanding already, such that you need to instill it in them. But more importantly, when you look down your nose at them, it actually devalues the experiences that they have had as being lesser than. So, for example, in the time that I've been practicing, I have seen multiple kids die. I have personally put toe tags on children. I have 
personally done footprints of neonates who have passed and listened to their heartbeat, which is supposed to be, you know, 120 to 160 beats per minute, drop to 24 beats per minute and then to zero and listen in real time with my stethoscope while they passed while nobody wanted them. I have experienced surgeons screaming in the faces of my colleagues and yell at patients' families and vice versa. I have seen wonderful interactions as well. I have seen people come back from the brink of death and defy the odds. I've seen miracles. And I've only been doing this for a short period of time. For somebody to look down their nose at me because I'm newer devalues those experiences and it makes me feel resentful because they don't understand what I've already been through. And it is two things can be true. It can simultaneously be true that I still have much more to experience and also be true that I have experienced a great deal already that has been meaningful and impactful and changed my clinical practice and exposed me to a plethora of modes of behaving as a nurse that I would not have had access to at the start of my career. And I know, as an open-minded person, that that will continue throughout the next however many years or decades I practice. But the devaluing of a new nurse's clinical exposures, simply by virtue of the fact that they haven't been as plentiful as yours, is not okay. I've also heard people make comments about the fact, you know, because I'm a researcher, for example, there are colleagues that I know across the country and in fact the world, having done this podcast and going to conferences and writing papers with people across the world, I find that there is also this sentiment that, well, how can you even know what you want to study? How can you even identify what's important? But in your short time of practice, if you're steeped enough in research design and methodology, and you have a strong enough sense of how to identify proper research questions, it doesn't matter how long you've been practicing you can readily identify questions that are important to answer. Now, will you refine your ability to do that over time, the more clinical experiences you have? Yeah, I think you would. I think a nurse with 15 years of experience or 30 years of experience is likely to be able to ask important questions about their clinical practice that deserve to be answered via research. But it can be equally true that there are valuable questions to be answered at different levels of experience that are pertinent to ask and answer. And again, to devalue the experiences of a new or novice nurse who's interested in bettering their clinical practice because of the fact that they're new just seems nonsensical. I think we need to learn lessons from other professions about an overconfidence and an over-reliance on our clinical experience. I think it's important to recognize the value of 
being able to be a nurse who's been in your role at the bedside for 15 years or more, or whatever the time frame you want to think about, 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, it doesn't matter. The more time you put in, I think that that persistence and that growth should be valued and should be looked at as an accomplishment. And there are innumerable nuanced and complex things that you've learned that you can teach new nurses. And you have to be they have to be open to your lessons and you have to be open to teaching them those lessons. That's how we grow as a profession. But it's not the only way we grow as a profession. Another way, because we are a clinical practice-based discipline that we grow as a profession, is by asking whether what we think we know as being true by virtue of our years of clinical experience is actually true. And the way that you answer those questions is by conducting clinical research that has the capacity to answer the type of research question you are interested in answering. And when you find that your sacred cow has been slaughtered, you have to be able to accept that that thing is not true. Maybe you hold 12,000 different beliefs, and maybe 8,000 of them are true. And if you studied all 12,000, maybe you'd find that those 8,000 are true. But the 4,000 that are not true, you need to be able to accept and grow. And the sanctimonious attitude that a lot of experienced nurses who do this looking down their nose have is completely unwarranted and needs to change. <laughs>